Hey Lab Rats, before we get to this week's episode, I wanted to take a brief moment to address our Central Florida Lab Rat fan base. We will be hosting our first ever live event over at Smash Comics and Games over in Sanford, Florida on July 28th. Uh, it's going to be a character building workshop, and we have a lot of fun stuff planned. We have a few giveaways, and we're also going to be having an appearance by Joshua Smith, who is the artist for the alternate cover for both Xanathar's Guide to Everything and Volo's Guide to Monsters. So we're super excited about that. If you want more information, head on over to our Facebook page. Uh, we have an event set up over there. We would really love to see you all out there. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast, with your hosts, Karen and Dan. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published holy content, and scoring against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. That's right, everyone. This week, we're using the Bible. Hello, everyone. I'm Dan. <laughs> and I'm Garen. And this week, we are not using that holy scripture, but we wanted to see what all the fuss is about with the new supplement entitled Faiths of the Forgotten Realms by Alex Klippinger, Micah Watt, and Scott Bean. This supplement is well needed in 5th edition and well overdue, in my opinion. It features a boatload of lore about all of the face in, in the Forgotten Realms, as well as a ton of new playable archetypes designed around these face, magic items, and more. Just a really beefy, well-made supplement, and currently a bestseller on Drive-Thru RPG and DMs Guild, where it's available for $14.99. We checked it out, we love it, decided to build worthy servants of the DTs within these texts, and we have created Level 8 Altar Boys. Well... <laughs> Far from it. Let me introduce you to my character this week, Karchar. That sounds like a bad Pokemon name. <laughs> Karchar was recruited by Asmodeus. Recru <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Karchar was recruited by Asmodeus <laughs> to recruit mortals into the Nine Hells through deceptive practices and bargaining. One day, while working at the forge, Karchar was assisting one of his colleagues in creating a chest plate when his friend turned his head while Karchar needed his attention. Karchar ended up falling headfirst into the fiery forge and was burning alive. Desperate to help him out, his friends were simply unable to conjure up any plan to assist him out of the flame. Just as Karchar was about to succumb to the flames themselves, a vision of Osmodius appeared before him and offered him a bargain. He shall devote his life to the efforts of recruiting mortals like himself to the Nine Hells, or Osmodius would ensure that he experienced the scalding flames of the forge for eternity. From that moment on, Karchar devoted his life praising Osmodius and doing whatever he could to recruit mortals into the Nine Hells. His severe burns have required him to wear a mask now, though. Let me introduce you to Karchar, the level 8 Githzerai Gith Sin Domain Cleric of the Fiend-touched background from the Dark Deed supplement off of DM's Guild by Chris Bissett. Now, this supplement features six new backgrounds for just dark characters, which I think is really cool and unique, and it's available for pay what you want on DM's Guild. So that is my character this week, Garen. What do you have? So he's a gith, and he, a he, gith. And he praises Asmodeus. That's right. Okay. 
and you've got a special DM's Guild background. All right, cool. Here's what I've got. I got Zach. Zach. Zach is an outcast from his people. He accidentally crushed several homes, including killing someone while he was trying to build a zipline around his village. Zach blamed the trees because they couldn't hold up his zipline properly, so he took up a job as a woodsman. He was making some sweet bank and marking a lot of trees in a jungle for destruction when a strange sensation overtook him. He immediately found himself shrunk down to a minuscule size. Soon after, he met a pixie named Krista and a bat that had escaped a crazed alchemist named Coda. He helped them fend off a dark power that was threatening the jungle named Hexus. And when he was done, he returned to his normal size with a new found respect for the trees. He quickly sought out the most appropriate deity for that respect he had, Gwerend Winstrom, and he vowed to protect the trees from then on. So you made a douchebag who lacks accountability with a friend named Texas. No, Hexus was the name of the bad guy. Oh, sorry, an enemy named Texas. His friends are Krista and Coda, the bat. They all sound like dogs. All right, cool. So moving into melee then. I didn't, hold on. No, 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 hold on. I didn't even tell you who he is. Zach is a furbolg. He is a level eight paladin, the oath of the silent path. He protects the trees. He is one with the trees and he's ready to bang. But before he wipes the floor with your little hellboy, I want to talk to you about cantrip candles. 100% soy candles that are designed to augment the olfactory ambiance for your table in games like D&D and Pathfinder. They offer a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in the fantasy world. Tanneries, fey forests, and even a scriptorium filled with arcane texts. I can see no better candle to light for today's episodes than the Sanctuary Candle, with its fragrant and spicy notes of ginger and saffron, perfect for saying my prayers to Gwerin Winstrom. We got the sampler pack for the lab, and let me tell you, we find a different scent for every game night, and it's always perfect. If you want to check out their offerings, their sampler packs give you all the scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you decide you want to buy each and every single one of them, we are happy to announce you now can, and the lab will cover some of the costs. That's right, we got a coupon code, LABRAT, all one word, for 10% off your total purchase price. Be sure to check them out, that's Cantrip Candles, and if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you for that news, Garen, and Cantrip Candles, because now with that 10% off coupon, I can throw a bit of extra cash into the offering plate for Asmodeus. Don't get ahead of yourself, because I am sure your car charger will not make it out of the lab alive this week as I am th- after I am through with you. But why don't you start us off, gentlemen's melee damage. For melee, for Karchar, I am asking for a zero. He has a longsword with a plus four to hit, deals out 1d8 plus two damage. Very modest at level eight. Very modest. Hmm. 1d8 plus two. I'm going to say that's more like a minus one. Ten damage at level eight, you think? Yes, I do think. Okay, I'll take it. What do you offer in melee? I am arguing a plus one. I have two longswords attacks. 1d8 plus three plus two damage because I have the dueling fighting style. So that is a maximum damage of 13 times two, 26. I also have the oak maul where as a bonus action for one minute my arm becomes wood and deals 1d8 bludgeoning damage i can put both my hands together for a round make it a d10 and if the creature is hit it must make a strength save or be knocked prone so this is an awesome ability to have it's a channel divinity and if i am unarmed somewhere and i need to get out of there quickly this is huge i really do like that and it's thematically badass It so is, and it's only the tip of the iceberg of why I loved this Paladin's Oath so much. This is definitely a Paladin I would play, spoiler alert. 
okay, I agree. Yeah, you'll play this Paladin. It's super cool. But what do you have in ranged? Pallies aren't really known for their ranged combat. So I'm anticipating a low number. Yes, I will take a zero because I have Javelins 1d6 plus three. But I think they're rethemed as jagged branches, not perfectly smooth Javelins. I'm throwing like just the these big branches off a tree. I do like the reskinning, however, that deals out less damage than I took for a negative one in melee, so you, my friend, will take a negative one as well. I have two attacks, though. Then fine, take your zero. <laughs> I'm arguing a zero. I have a plus five to hit with my crossbow, 1d8 plus two piercing damage. Okay, because your crossbow has better range than my javelins, I'll give you that, even though I'm dealing out six more damage than you. Good. Do you have burninating damage? I sure do. I'm arguing a plus one here. I have potent spellcasting, which is a feature of the Sin Domain. Starting at 8th level, when you, you can add your wisdom modifier to the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. I have dissonant whispers and word of radiance. I also have magic initiate feat for a wizard, which adds firebolt and magic missile to my arsenal. So I'm arguing a plus one here. I'm going to argue that you are a zero and I am a plus one because... Word of Radiance being your best, I have Hunter's Mark, which adds 1d6 damage to all of my melee attacks or my ranged attacks, but I also have Divine Smite, which at a level 2 is 3d8 extra magic damage. So I am arguing that I get a plus 1 and you get a 0. You're going to roll for your plus 1. How about that? Fair enough. What's your charisma uh, modifier this week, Buster? That is a plus 3, because I am a paladin. I rolled a... <laughs> I rolled a natural 1. Oh, well, you will take a negative three. How's that? This this is, oh, it's game right there. All right. How's that? Right. Okay. Got to claw well, my way back. Because, that's good because you were starting to wipe the floor with me a little bit. Well, let's move into control. How controlling is your paladin other than the fact that he's going to lose? Not much control there. I'm coming back. I'm coming back right here. I have ensnaring strike, but I also have a channel divinity feature called spruce growth where I go from medium to large for one minute. My reach becomes 10 feet. My carrying capacity increases. I have advantage on strength checks. I can dismiss that as a bonus action. I also have the two-handed oak maul, which can knock my opponents down. Oh, I've been to the and... oak maul before, and they sell pretty <laughs> nice shoes. It's beautiful. I'm sorry that they shut down half of it because people weren't going to the band store anymore. Damn Amazon. I, uh, I also have the Natural Attunement spell, which is a brand new spell out of this book. It is a second level divination, and I whisper a prayer in respect to Guerin Winstrom. I double proficiency for any survival checks to track creatures and nature checks to recall information about plant or animal life. Creatures have disadvantage on stealth checks against me, and I can track creatures that should be impossible to track like a ghost. Stupid. No, what? I don't think so. No, you can't bring that into control. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. That's control. That's enough. tracking. That's all about yeah. tracking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, that's tell me super more control. about your survival skills. I'm really intrigued. You can't track shit. What are you arguing? Your demon's gonna help you. I'm arguing a plus one. No zero, and I'm gonna tell you why. Classic Dan line. I have a racial ability of mental discipline. I have advantage on saving throws against being charmed and frightened, and under the tutelage tutelage <laughs> it's just tutelage slow down <laughs> under the tutelage of monastic masters githers i learn to govern their own minds now pact primeval 
It's a domain feature of the Sin domain. When you choose this domain at first level, sending evil creatures to the nine hells earns your Lord's approval. When a hostile evil creature that isn't a devil dies within 30 feet of you, your next attacker ability check within one minute is made with advantage. Huge! 10 attacks, oh. 10 saving throws. You can choose to benefit from this feature twice, regaining uses when you finish a short or long rest. I also have the channel divinity, let's make a deal. Starting at second level, you can use your channel divinity as an action to tempt a creature into sin. You whisper into the mind of the creature that you can see within 30 feet of you, I'm sorry, 60 feet of you, promising its heart's desire in exchange for its service. That creature must make a charisma saving throw, and on a failed save, it is charmed by you for the for one minute, following your verbal commands to the best of its ability. The target can repeat a saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect early on a success. The target will not follow an order that would cause it harm, and it has advantage on saving throws if you are fighting against someone else and you're not paying attention to it. So... Pretty cool ability, and I also have Channel Divinity, The Fine Print, which starting at 6th level, you can turn a creature's success into a possible failure when a creature you can see within 60 feet of you rolls a Charisma, Intelligence, or Wisdom saving throw. You can use your Channel Divinity as a reaction to roll a 1d6 and subtract the result from the creature's saving throw total. This becomes the creature's new saving throw result. I also have Detect Thoughts, Thaumaturgy, Zone of Th Truth, and Banishment. This is one controlling cleric now you threw a lot out there in a huge list i want to address some of that i liked the whispering the trying to get them to do what you want it's nicely balanced because they won't harm themselves so that would be way too overpowered yeah you're talking about let's make a deal in the channel divinity pretty cool honestly one of the best third party original channel divinities i've ever read i really do like that ability it's very nice so you are arguing a plus two all right, you might have already said that. I'm going to make you roll, of course. It's going to be your first points of the game. My charisma is a 14, so I have a plus two modifier. I rolled a 12. Ooh. I'll oh, take that plus one, it. though. And you're going to take a zero because I just creamed you on that section. Okay. And let me tell you how tanky I am. I'm an AC of 18 with a shield, 80 HP. I also have the racial ability Githzari Psionics, which when I reach the third level... I can cast the shield spell once with this trait and regain the ability to do so when I finish a long rest. When I reach the fifth level, which I am, you can cast a detect thought spell once with this trait and regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest. I also have the second chance feat, which I do not think we've ever featured on this show, but when a creature that you can see hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to force that creature to re-roll. Once you use that ability, you can't use it again, until you roll initiative at the start of combat or until you finish a short or long rest. You can do this once per combat. Really That's cool. pretty cool. All right, Alex, so you're arguing? A plus two, of course. You're going to get a one. I deserve a two because I have 88 hit points, an AC of 18 when I have a shield. I have lay on hands for 40 HP. And now I have a feat. Now, when I looked at this character, I just couldn't find a feat that was like, perfectly appropriate for what I wanted to do. So I actually cheated in a new way and I wrote a feat, which I think is very balanced. This uh, is called, this. Yeah. Wait, hear it out. This is called Bark Blood. The trees have blessed you and consider you one among their number. While not wearing armor, your AC is 15. You can speak to plants. And when traveling, you do not require food and drink if you spend your long rest within 30 feet of a tree as you draw sustenance from the land as a tree would. That's all. Two, 
Too many abilities. It's three abilities. An AC of 15 breaks the game for some characters. No, it doesn't. Lizard sure. folk have AC of 15. Great. And lizard folk are also an evil race, so good luck theming that. But never featured on this show, for the record. Also, try having a druid with an AC of 15 at level 4. Breaks the game. Monk with an AC of 15 no longer needs to modify their wisdom modifier, which is part of the unarmored Yes, you defense. would. You would definitely want it. You're coming down way too hard on this AC of 15. No, because the unarmored defense draws the monk class to add ability score points to the wisdom score. Without that, they no longer need to even touch wisdom because monks with wisdom are like oil and water. There's no need for it. You're going to take a minus one penalty for creating a broken D&D wiki. It's not broken. You could take heavy armor feats and your AC could be 18 as a monk. You can take heavy armor feats, but it's stackable because there are prerequisites, my friend. Also, this prerequisite is that the trees love you. You lose abilities as a monk if if you're wearing armor. I'm just using monk as an example. You could do the same thing with a druid. But that's what I'm saying. There are there are certain penalties to classes, and that's why you broke certain classes with that feat. I hate it, and you're taking a minus one penalty. I want to hear what the people have to say on this. I don't think it's that unbalanced. I'd be willing to drop the AC to a 14, but I'm getting a plus two on tankiness. Well, minus one. I mean, minus one take, of that plus two. Take out the feet, and I still get a plus two. False. Yes, I have lay on hands of 40 HP. Fine. Take the plus two, but your feet sucks. Does not suck. How do you help your friends? Before I get into that, Dan, I want to talk to the people about how they could get a plus two in ally assist. This week, we the big ask we have of our listeners doesn't cost a thing. All we ask is that you make a list of your favorite podcasts, go find each and one of them, whatever audio platform you fancy the most, take a couple minutes out of your day to write up a heartfelt review. Simple as that. This helps creators like us spread the word of our show to a wider audience. In our case, D&D players. Also, tell your tabletop party about us. We're super appreciative if you do anything to get the word out about the D&D Character Lab and all your favorite shows. We wouldn't even make you roll for the plus two. Now, let me tell you about how Zach helps his friends. He's got Aura of Protection with bonus saves equal to his Charisma, which is a plus three. So all saves around him have a bonus. He has the Lay on Hands of 40 HP. And this wasn't on the Paladin spell list, so here's another cheating I did. But I took Goodberry, so you're not really mad. I'm arguing a plus one. It's not even worthy of that. Eh, that's fine. Take your plus one. I'm Thank arguing a plus you. two. I have resistance, guidance, cure wounds, healing word, shield of faith, aid, prayer of healing, and revivify. Argue that, please. Dan, how many spells can you have in your spell list? Which would be 11 spells? Yeah, I have not gone over that. Are you sure? 11 spells? Yeah, I'm positive. This is the honesty. This is the honesty system. All right. All right. You're getting a little defensive. I think you might be lying, but look, we're all doing things we're not proud of today. That's fine. Anyways, you can have your plus, plus two. two on that ally assist. And now moving into how balanced I am, I'm fairly balanced, but my strength is low. I'm arguing a plus one here. Running through the numbers, I have a, a strength of eight, dexterity of 14, constitution of 14, intelligence of 10, wisdom of 16, charisma of 14, a passive perception of 13. Now on the new D&D Beyond sheets, they do also list passive wisdom, which is passive insight of 16 and a passive intelligence of 10 thought i'd just make note of that also have a an armor class of 18 spell save dc that i have is a 14 and my spell attack bonus is a plus six so i think it's a plus one yeah not bad i will say that's a plus one i will argue that i also deserve i'll say plus one strength of 16 dex of 12 con of 12 intelligence of 9 wisdom of 12 charisma of 16 my spell save dc is a 13 and I think I got all the things I need. I'm strong, and I got good charisma. It's solid for a paladin. Just a little uh, but, dumb. Uh, 
Just a little stupid just a, tree. Just a little dumb and just a little obvious of a build for a paladin. So I will take a plus one. You're a dumb, dumb tree is what you are. That's right. So moving into Smooth Operator, this week's scenario was provided to us by our patron, Ben Potts. You see that guy over there? Yeah, that one. He stole your pizza. Get it back. That's the scenario, my friend. So how do you handle that situation? I love this one. So Zach sees the guy. He immediately uses Hidden Step, which allows him to turn invisible, a fur bulk feature. And then I use Disguise Self. And I come out as that famous pizza character that everyone loved, that everyone had on their kids' pizza pizza boxes. The pizza Are you talking burglar? about Papa John? <laughs> no, gosh, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the pizza burglar. You know, nope. he was the hamburglar's cousin. So the pizza burglar comes out and he approaches the guy who stole the pizza and he, and he says... Ooh, you have a delicious pizza there. Do you mind if I have a smell? And the guy says, I mean, naturally, of course, who's going to deny the pizza burglar, right? So the pizza burglar picks up the top of the box, gets his nose in there, and then immediately snatches the box and runs away with his plus seven to athletics. He books it down the street as the pizza burglar. The guy never knows I got my pizza back. But is there any way that you can like fail how, how you appear and like you're accidentally Papa John? For crying out loud, I'm not Papa John. <laughs> no one wants to be Papa John. He's a piece of crap. Okay, we're going on the record right now. D&D Character Lab, Papa John is a piece of crap. I am the pizza burglar who is beloved. So what are you arguing for this? I can't. I'm arguing Wait. a plus one. Okay, creative, but just be careful uh, with that spell. Stop. I'm not going to do it. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So I'm arguing a plus one. I would use Mage Hand to tap on the gentleman in question on the shoulder. I would be standing behind him about 20 feet away, staring at him with a sinister glare. He would look back at me, me and immediately note my background feature of Dark Presence. Once again, this is featured in the Dark Deed Supplement on DM's Guild, which features six custom backgrounds for dark characters. Now, this feature states... Those who I spend even a little bit of time with get a strong sense that I am not like other people. And they may go out of their way to remove themselves from my presence. Officials might let me off with warnings for bad behavior so they can just get away from me without having to arrest me. Or merchants may not even haggle as enthusiastic as other people simply just to get rid of me faster. On the other hand, you may not be welcome at all in some inns and shops, and employers might not always spend the time explaining the finer details of your job, preferring to give you broad instructions and send you on your way. So given this, I would simply state, you know what you did, make it right. This is passive aggressive, much like the character I had in the cookie shop, where this is about as subtle as you get, but you are still basically threatening this guy. Yeah, and it's pretty smooth because he just gets a sense from my presence. I don't say anything other than, you know what you did, give it back. I'm not doing anything okay. overly aggressive. It's my presence that is sort of threatening to him and i also used mage hand to tap him on the shoulder that's pretty smooth i'm gonna argue this is a zero because Why? it's just really your background feature it's so it's so minuscule no this is all role playing and all you said was one thing and the guy could no. roll a wisdom check he's fine why would the wisdom check make him fine well he's like you're not really you're kind of intimidating him so it basically there's come no, down to an intimidation check there's no save against his background feature sorry buddy it's kind of like the haunted one they see this about you and they don't really want anything to do with you. So that's why I chose it. And that's why I'm sticking with a plus one. 
All right. Moving into how I would aggressively handle the situation, I'm also arguing a plus one. I would cast Create Bonfire from the Magic Initiate feat that I took, and I would light a fire directly under the table in which the gentleman in question was seated. I would then cast Cruel Disappointment as the man tries to discover where the fire came from. Now, Cruel Disappointment is one of the spells featured in the Faith Supplement. It states, choose a creature within range you can see. The next time the target makes an attack roll or ability check, it must make a wisdom saving throw. On a successful save, nothing happens, but on a failed save, the attack roll or ability check automatically fails, but the target believes it was wildly successful. If failure Ooh. has unmistakable consequences, the creature finds a way to justify the attempt as successful or correct. The target continues to behave as if it was as if its course of action was successful until the end of its next turn, at which time it realizes it was magically misled. So he would think he found the culprit, and he would be horribly mistaken. I would then roll a stealth check with advantage to sneak behind him and use my longsword, which is also a magic item named the Stealth Whisperer, in its dagger form and draw it to his neck and slice it straight through, take my pizza and stroll out. Now let me just explain what the Stealth Whisperer is. It's a legendary weapon, and it's the personal weapon. Excuse you? Of, excuse me, what? A legendary weapon. That's right. The personal Go weapon right to of hell. The, I didn't use it in melee, and I'm arguing a plus one. Now, you'll see that the abilities of this weapon are nothing outstanding. It's the personal weapon of the god Mask. This plus two weapon can shrink or grow from dagger to longsword freely. It is considered a finesse weapon in either form. The weapon never reflects light or makes a sound, making it ideal for unexpected attacks. Creatures with the sneak attack feature will roll an additional 2d6 damage, not applicable in this situation, when they wield this weapon. Though a tempting weapon, wielders beware, the Shadow Lord never lends out this weapon, meaning a mortal can only get a hold of it if it is lost or stolen. So, all I'm saying is, it's a great stealthy weapon, and I draw it to his neck just to slice it on a sneak attack, made with advantage, take my pizza and walk out while he bleeds on the floor in the bonfire that is beneath him and he is automatically cremated i think that's pretty much plus one worthy no that's a zero because you have a legendary weapon it's not even your god but i do wear a mask so plus one and you killed the guy which is just murder hobo that's not that clever this is a zero he stole my pizza plus one you just killed him all you did was kill him i used one of the uh, magic items from the supplement plus one it's a zero it's not even your god my feet was no, great yeah, your feet suck. Look down at your feet right now. They got corns and shit on them. They suck. They are. All right, here's why I get a plus one. Because I use my spruce growth. And then at level seven, I get oak strength. Where now my slams deal 2d8 damage on a hit. Or 2d10 damage if I put my hands together. And if I use my spruce growth, channel divinity, I can deal an additional 2d8 thunder damage on top of that. So I stand up. And I use my ability to speak to plants to whisper to the mushrooms and peppers that are on that delicious pizza I was about to hit. And I know they're ghosts, but I can also track incorporeal things. So I'm going to track the ghost spirits of these mushrooms and peppers and say, I am so sorry. You should have been in my hands. hands I like together. how you acknowledge that these peppers and mushrooms are ghosts. So whatever you're arguing, you get, because I like that. <laughs> I smash it down on the table completely obliterating the pizza and the table, and then I lick it and eat it off my hands, and he doesn't get any. You're just a sick son of a bitch. That's, that's I, a terrible way to eat pizza. I am a father of a baby. I've eaten plenty of food off of my hands. I've eaten food that got stuck to his face. All right. You're arguing a plus two, you said? I am now. 
You get it because I like I like you that you can track ghosts and that you acknowledge that cut up mushrooms and peppers on a pizza that have been put into an oven. R.I.P. So also I'm pretty manly because those were ghost peppers on my pizza. That's very hot. They were ghost peppers. Wow, that's I like. They were I ghost like, ghost peppers. I like how you did that. So would you play this character, Garen? Absolutely. I wasn't lying earlier. This is a lot of fun. I love this subclass. I held back on that oak strength just for my spitting fire. I could have used it earlier in my melee or even my burninating, but this is just a tree. This is a tree man, and that's totally in my heart world. That's what I want. Okay. How well, about you? You know, I really hope that people aren't getting bored with my dark PCs. I tend to do them a lot. I wouldn't ever actually play one of these in a campaign. I really like making them because thematically it's rich. And I like Osmodius just because, you know, if you remember in the Mordenkainen and Tome of Foes episode where we created demonic NPCs, I made a an NPC based around Levistus who was actually imprisoned in ice by Osmodius. Yeah. So those two... The nine hells and like the whole like bargaining thing. And I just really like that because it's rich in role play and you never really know when it's going to get busted out and can cause for some like kind of chaotic happenings. So you're kind of building your own cinematic universe now with all these stories that are almost intertwined. <laughs> well, Dan, I think we can both agree this supplement is fantastic. 200 pages of content. It was very hard for me to pick the subclass that I used. I wanted to use several of them easily, and I didn't even get to read every single one in the book yet. Yeah, agreed. Another mediocre character from you, Dan. I would have won if it wasn't for that negative three, but you have won six to five. So congratulations. <laughs> and let me take a moment to tell our listeners about the, the mediocre things coming out of the lab that we'd like to mention in an excited tone. Number one. Hey, we've got a live event. In a few days, come check us out at Smash Comics in Sanford for our first ever character building workshop. We're super excited to announce a plethora of really neat giveaways, as well as a special appearance by Joshua Smith, the illustrator of limited edition covers for both Volo's Guide to Monsters, as well as Xanathar's Guide to Everything. That's July 28th at Smash Comics and Games in Sanford, Florida from 6 to 8 p.m. We'd really love to see you guys there. Number two, all of our stuff on DMs Guild, search Garen Jones as the author, and you will find everything that we've written. Our most recent one being using yo-yos as weapons. Number three, our Patreon. Tiers start at $1, move all the way up to 20 Bonus episodes, fan battles, early access, merch, and more. Check it out, patreon.com slash Lab. Number four, shirts and other merch. We got so much stuff for you guys. Link in the episode description. And number five, stay tuned to your D&D Character Lab channels on Twitter, on Facebook, as we announce further details about an upcoming video series that we have been working on and we are very proud of. Yeah, pretty great stuff. I'd also like to mention that we've had a lot of creators and publishers of the D&D 5e community reach out to us lately about featuring their content on our show. If you too would like your content featured on our show, feel free to shoot us an email at dn is in nancy d character lab at gmail.com and we'll be sure to get back to you quickly and that about wraps things up for us this week lab rats just remember it doesn't have to be optimized it just has to be fun thanks for listening guys papa john is a piece of crap this has been a production of the DD character lab podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at dnd character lab or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.